Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer. Today we're joined by Adam Ickes. He's, of course, with Trade Haas based in Lincoln, Nebraska. Adam, thanks for joining us here today. First of all, maybe we can just get a a, a quick overview of the markets. Uh, looking at the screen, just a little bit of red in corn, but soybeans came out and moved to the, uh, moved to the plus side. Uh, wheat was definitely weaker. Uh, just, Adam, your thoughts in general overall. Uh, coming back from the weekend, what did you make of today's grain trade? Yeah, thanks, Chad. Um, you know, corn was down pretty good early, and then it kind of rallied back to either side unchanged. But corn has been sitting in the middle of like a point of neutrality and kind of hung between five ninety and six bucks on the new crop for a long time. Where the old crop kind of rallied away from six forty and went towards six eighty, so it kind of moved the old crop back to six forty, and the new crops kind of fell off twenty cents. But it was needing to go some direction, and it chose to go down in the short term. We had a long lot of variability into the spring yet. Uh, wheat kind of did the same thing, kind of blown itself out to the bottom uh, most recently where beans have hung in there or actually went higher, you know, in general over the last few weeks after a spike low of, a, you know, what, 40, 50 cents a week ago, kind of back to the upper end of the range and hanging in there. But at that time of year, typically beans are going to weaken up a little bit as they come into the spring and then they get ramped up for, uh, you know, acre battles and spring weather and summer weather. Um, so I would look to think beans probably tries to back off at some point in the next month or two as we go into the spring. Yeah. All right. How about the outside markets? Were there anything big in the financials, uh, energies, or, you know, anything like that? Uh, anything else that might have had an impact, uh, Adam? Yeah. You know, I didn't look into this too closely, but um, Nat Gas was down 30 cents, which is a pretty massive move. You know, Nat Gas is usually pretty wild, and being a uh, 30 to 35 cent move is pretty massive. So it's. On the move today, uh, the rest of the energy seem to be somewhat flat, it appears. Uh, you know, feeder cattle have tried to be on a tear. They put in new highs again today. They're probably three bucks, maybe higher than the old highs. So uh, that was a positive move there. Fat cattle tried following suit but didn't have near the strengths that feeder cattle did, but they were still on a positive positive move for the day. Well, let's talk about some of these commodities specifically, Adam. Uh, you start with the corn. Um, and, and you said corn and beans were kind of in the same boat, right? They'd just been kind of floating around waiting for a move. Uh, corn decided to move a little lower today. Uh, what is the storyline with corn? Why, why do you think there's just a little bit of weakness to start the week? You know, I don't know if they're necessary. It always has to be a reason. I think people always want to hear a reason, but I'm not very good at conforming to that thought. Um, just Sitting at a point of neutrality, you know, nothing really does anything in the commodity world if it doesn't move. Um, so having to break one direction or the other, corn just got to go some direction. It, it appears today that the forecasted um, balance sheets for next year as far as grains go are going to be pretty heavy corn as long as the weather cooperates. So you'd think any, any opportunity the corn market has to try to move lower, it's probably going to have the bias to try to do so, it would appear. Um, until we get a little further into the spring and try to figure out if there's any weather issues or any acre issues or planting issues, which, you know, there could be. You get north, imagine they get a lot of snow on the ground, and it's typically cooler up there, um, and their their planting time is a little later. So to say that there's not going to be any planting issues is probably not true. But that's, you know, always something to hang on to as you come into the spring. Yeah, Adam, you and I were talking before we went on the air about uh, it, it seems like there are a lot of deliveries, you know, as, as the March corn contract uh, went into delivery. There have been, you know, I think it's over a thousand deliveries uh, on uh, corn contracts. Um, what, what's your take on that? Uh, you don't usually see that, but could that be actually considered like a, a risk management tool? 
you know, I've known just enough about the delivery system to be dangerous probably, but to my knowledge, you're going to have a uh, agreed-upon basis number if you're a delivery house and you got generally in the country overs is what the corn market's worth. So as you go south or towards the river where there's more delivery houses, the basis is probably, you know, I'd think at least 40, 50, 60 over, let's say. So depending on exactly how the rules of the delivery system work, you would think that if you were in the position to take delivery and it worked in your you know, global view of what you were trying to accomplish, it would probably be a, one of your best ways of buying grain cheaply. But I don't, like I said, I'm 100% dangerous with the amount of knowledge I have about the delivery system. But I would agree with you, yes. Yeah, very interesting. It's more than I knew, so yeah, you got that going for you. Uh, let's switch <laughs> Let's switch over to soybeans and, and talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, beans uh, did not copy last week. They moved up today. Uh, looks like uh, soybean meal has been extremely uh, uh, traded higher here. So uh, what what are you watching in soybeans? Yeah, beans are kind of trying to move back to the highs. The, they're still technically in, the, in a state of neutrality, so they could probably break either direction here, but kind of the same story on corn. Uh, bean acres are anticipated to, be, anticipated to be up. The carryouts are supposed to grow. Um, conversely to corn, bean basis has gotten pretty darn weak over the last few weeks or months versus corn kind of hanging in there. Um, you know, it's inverted into the summer, which usually gives you a, a little bit of a bullish tilt towards the upside um, as far as the future direction goes. So hopefully, as far as new crop is concerned, we can get back to 14 bucks or better. I think our average so far for the last month or month and a half is about 13.80, which is about where we're at. So ideally, beans can hang in there a little bit, but like I said at the beginning, typically beans try to weaken this time of year and, and try to crank it back up into the spring. So I wouldn't be surprised if they stay in the weaker tone for the next month or two. Yeah, I was going to say, with that in mind, you know, I think the what the spread from May to November is, what, about 50 cents, give or take? I mean, what should be our, with with that in mind, what should we be doing with beans? Are are we, uh, are we pricing or are we waiting, waiting for that to come up for new crop? Well, if you just look at the nearby stuff, you got a, and this is not exactly how this was a week ago or so when, when people were trying to make decisions, but right now you got a 12 cent inverse between the March and the May. The rule of the inverse is to sell the premiums, and, and if you want to own the discounts, you own the board of trade instead of your physical crop. But get rid of your physical and go into the inverse. If you feel like you want to have price flexibility, you want to go into the inverse not owning your physical product and owning the board of trade in some way that makes sense to your farm. Again, we've been visiting with Adam Ickes with Trade Haas in Lincoln. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about what happened with wheat. Of course, we have to cover livestock as well. Uh, so that, that and more is coming up in the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Stay tuned here on the Rural Radio Network. Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Chad Moyer with you. Again, joined by Adam Ickes with Trade House in Lincoln. Adam, uh, we did not get to talk about wheat in the first uh, segment, so let's cover wheat here today. And definitely weaker. Uh, Kansas City led the way down by the looks of it. Uh, again, kind of what what are your thoughts? This is uh, seems kind of uh, counterintuitive for this time of year, huh? Yeah, that would be true, Chad. Typically, if you're a, if you're a diligent wheat marketer, you got a decent amount of it sold a year prior to harvest. Um, so if you look back at that, I'm not trying to 
say that I know anything, but you go back to last uh, spring, summer's about 11.50 on July 23 wheat, and then we've had a, a nothing but a downward roller coaster ever since. But um, typically your secondary time of year to be a wheat marketer is Jan, Feb, March, and you just don't know where that's going to go as it relates to the highs. But we, <clears throat> um, as, it, as we know today, it rallied back to about 880 to 9 bucks and has driven lower ever since. And the market is definitely oversold and probably looking for some type of rebound. Yeah, I was going to say, what would it take that to do that rebound? Is it going to take uh, technical pressures to put it, push it back up, or are we going to have to have a, a weather or you know a, a usage story to try and pull it up? Well, you know, the weather's not like the best situation down there still, even though it's been a little bit on the wetter side. But in the main wheat grown areas, it's still probably not ideal. Um, but conversely, uh, new crop wheat is put in lows. I just realized that right now. Put in lows. New recent lows going back to uh, last March. Um, so our previous lows are about eight bucks. Closing today at seven ninety two range. Call it. Um, I would think just in general, once things get extremely oversold, they typically try to rebound a little bit. So I would probably imagine we get a chance back at eight fifty to eight seventy five at some point in the next week or two, probably. But usually, going into harvest is is just like corn you know or beans you try to put in your lows and is the most plentiful time of year for the product to be to exist is and that's coming right up so probably don't have a lot of chances and the urgency should be high to try to get it sold if you got it yep gotcha all right switching over to livestock uh another positive day for cattle futures live cattle up slightly uh feeder cattle though over two dollars higher in a lot of these nearby contracts um any thoughts on what's going with feeder cattle today you know i think in general i I think in general people have been friendly feeder cattle for a year and a half or so just because they never moved. And now it's finally becoming a, an actual thing of, of feeders trying to go higher. Um, fat cattle were tried getting pulled a little higher with them, but, you know, kind of the same thing with fat cattle. They were they were appreciating by um, option month carries for the last year and a half, and the board really wasn't moving more in the last, you know, what, uh, what is today? Since October fat cattle have finally tried making a move and have went up, you know, in general, probably about 10 bucks from five, six months ago, where what I was saying before, prior to that, it was purely board carries that were making the values higher in the future. So, yeah, that's a, good to see. And, and if the numbers are as down for as long a term as you, as it sounds like they may be from people punting on cows over the last couple of years due to drought, we'll probably have some for sure some volatility moving forward for the next year or two in the cattle market yeah and maybe get your thoughts on that adam I, it was going to be my next question was you know if we we continue to see this rally uh the danger is just to take a wait and see approach and just kind of let the market come to you but do you think even with that said should we be protecting some of these prices on uh, feeders or fats oh yeah no doubt you get into the summer and if you have a consistent plan typically the summer is your go time in feeder cattle you know, worst case scenario, uh, you can manage options or floors very cheaply and, and, you know, knowledgeably as long as you have a plan. So instead of assuming that the market's going to stay up there forever, you can guarantee it's going to stay there forever or for the next five or six months as long as you have price exposure to those animals. Um, the other option is the LRP is becoming a bigger thing. You can punt on the options and do LRP, which is basically the same thing. LRP is just a little bit cheaper at times. Um, so, yeah. There's always a good time to manage a price because you can define that you know the answer instead of thinking that you know the answer. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's kind of where we uh, where we land for today's markets. I guess uh, maybe Adam, just uh, look ahead for the rest of the week. Uh, we do have a WASDI. I think it comes out the middle of the week. Uh, uh, is there anything with that, or is there anything else that you're going to be kind of watching these markets uh, as we move through the rest of the week here, Adam? Yeah, trying to have a pretty decent horizon. We got the planning intentions report at the end of the month, so more so looking probably two or three weeks down the road. And we, as an as a company, have been positioning for that for the last you know, three weeks looking backwards probably just to have a not long enough horizon that you can make sure you're in the position you want to be in prior to waking up and feeling you need to scramble around to get in a position. So um, as far as this report, I typically didn't have any fireworks um, on these monthly reports, but, you know, coming into the end of March, I would think there's going to be a lot of fireworks around that one with the teetering on big acres and unknown weather and all sorts of stuff going on this year versus you know, normal years don't have quite this much hype on them. Mm-hmm. All right. Adam, as always, good to talk to you. Thanks for being on the air with us today. Adam Ickes with Trade Haas in Lincoln, our guest on today's program. Again, uh, just a reminder, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss, might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer. Here on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chad Moyer reporting.